going to observe the Lord's table tonight, and Frank Tate will be here, and he's going to preach for us tonight. I've entitled this message, Is My Gospel the Gospel? Is my gospel the gospel? Last Sunday, uh, part of the message, uh, actually seven minutes worth, I listened to it to see, but seven minutes worth of the message, I brought out some points, is my gospel the gospel? And I thought about that, and I prepared a TV message for it, and I preached it for the TV taping, and it was such a blessing to me. I thought, I want to bring this message this morning. Is my gospel the gospel? In Romans chapter 2, verse 16, Paul said, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men, according to my gospel. Now that is one of three times that Paul uses the personal possessive pronoun my with regard to the gospel. Is my gospel the gospel? The gospel is the gospel what is my gospel what the Bible would call the gospel? That's a very important question, isn't it? Is my gospel the gospel? Let me give you some phrases before I get into the meat of the message uh, of biblical names for the gospel. Paul also called the gospel this gospel as opposed to other gospels. It's called in the scripture the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the word of the gospel, which tells us the gospel has words that are spoken. There is a content, a definite content to the gospel. It is called the gospel of the grace of God. It's called the gospel of God. It's called the gospel of his son, the gospel of Christ, Christ's gospel, our gospel, the glorious gospel of the blessed God, truth of the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, the gospel of peace, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the everlasting gospel, the eternal gospel, the gospel that had no beginning and has no end. Is my gospel, the gospel I hope in, 
the gospel? I hope we'll all ask ourselves that question. Is my gospel the gospel? The definite article, the, tells us that the gospel excludes all other gospels. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you to the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Which is not another, but there's be some that would trouble you and would pervert or change the gospel of Christ. Paul said in Galatians 1.13, the gospel which he preached was not after man. It was not derived from any human source. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me remind you, you and I are shut up to revelation. We will not know the gospel unless he is pleased to reveal his gospel to our hearts. Would you turn a page back to Romans chapter 1? Is my gospel, the gospel I claim to believe, the gospel that I hope to be saved by, is my gospel the gospel? The gospel of scripture that excludes all other gospels. Now look in verse 1 of Romans chapter 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. The gospel is the gospel of God. It's God's gospel. It's not the gospel of Todd. That just sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's not the gospel of the Baptists or the Catholics or any other man-made denomination. Now understand this. Every denomination is purely man-made. It's the invention of man. God is not in denominations. It's the gospel of God. It's not the reformed gospel. The gospel never needed reformed. It's the gospel of God. Paul said, I'm separated unto the gospel of God. Look in verse 2. The gospel of God which he had a promised to four by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, a couple of things I want to say about that verse of Scripture. First, it's no new gospel. It's the gospel that he promised before. It's called the eternal gospel. You know, everything with regard to God is eternal. He's eternal. There's no past, present, and future with him. He's the eternal God, and the gospel is the eternal gospel and it's the gospel which he'd have promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now let me say this with regard to the Holy Scriptures. 
The scriptures claim to be God-breathed, God-inspired, every word. And if they're not, all we have is my opinion and your opinion. And you know what my opinion and your opinion are? Worthless. You believe that? God reveals who he is in this book. The Bible claims to be inspired by God. Now, it's either the inspired word of God or the invention of a, sin, of a conglomeration of sinful men. It's one of the two. But it claims to be the inspired word of God, and the gospel is that which he has revealed in the Holy Scriptures. There is no knowledge of God or his gospel apart from the Holy Scriptures. And I love this next phrase in verse 3. It's the gospel of God. It's the gospel that he promised in the Holy Scriptures. And listen to this, verse 3. It's the, the gospel of God is the gospel, con, is the gospel concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now the gospel is concerning his Son. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, the gospel is not concerning making America a Christian nation once again. It never was a Christian nation in the first place. It's not concerning right-wing or left-wing political agendas. The Bible is not a book about politics. It's not about effecting change in the culture. It's concerning his son. Who he is. What he did. Where he is right now. Who is Jesus Christ? Good question, isn't it? He's the Son of God. He is God the Son, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Now, how in the world would we know that God is one God in three distinct persons if it's not revealed in the Bible? We couldn't figure that out. We couldn't even guess it. I wouldn't even think something like that apart from the revelation of Scripture. God the Son, the express image of the invisible God. He's God the Son. That's who he is. He's the creator. He's God the Son. What did he do? What did God the Son do? Well, he became flesh. The Word was made flesh. And in the flesh, he kept God's holy law perfectly. I mean, you haven't. All we've done is broken it. But he kept it perfectly. He worked out a perfect righteousness. He kept God's law perfectly. He died. Why did he die if he kept God's law perfectly? Because the sins of God's elect became his sins. And he died under the wrath of God, the justice of God as a sin-bearing substitute. He was raised from the dead because God accepted what he did. Now, do you hear that? You know what that means? 
God accepted everybody he died for. Where is he right now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father in absolute sovereign control over everybody and everything. Jesus Christ, the gospel is the gospel concerning his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, I love his name, don't you? Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. He's the Christ. That's not his last name. That represents his offices as prophet, priest, and king. There were three people in the Old Testament anointed, the prophet, the priest, and the king. Christ is all three. He's the prophet unlike any other prophet. Any other prophet would say, thus saith the Lord. He said, I say unto you. He's unlike any other priest. The priest of the Old Testament brought the blood of an animal. He brings his own blood into the presence of God. He's unlike any other king. Any other king, in reality, has no authority. None at all. He has all authority. All power is given unto me. His son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. When somebody says, won't you make him Lord of your life? They're saying something that's utterly ridiculous. You don't make him the Lord of your life. He is your Lord, whether you know it or not. He is Lord. He's Lord of creation. He's Lord of providence. That's everything that happens in time. Everything. He's Lord of salvation. That means my salvation is in his hand. It's up to him as to whether or not I will be saved. And the same is true of you. He's Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. The gospel is the gospel concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And look at what it said next with regard to him in verse 3. The gospel of God is the gospel that he promised in the scriptures. It's concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. The eternal son was made flesh. The seed of David walked 33 years upon this earth, but he was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, but he was declared to be. The Son of God. He wasn't made the Son of God. He's the eternal Son of God. And there's two things that prove it. The spirit of holiness and the resurrection of the dead. He's the only holy man to ever live. Only holy man. Inherently holy because of who he is. No one else fits that bill. And he was raised from the dead. Every other religious figure, they're still in their tombs. Not him. He was raised from the dead. The gospel of God. Now what I want to do is give 12 very simple questions with regard to to the gospel to see that if my gospel is 
the gospel. I'm not going to spend much time on any of these questions, but I want you to consider them and consider these questions in light of whether or not your gospel is the gospel. These questions can all be answered with a yes or a no. Number one, does my gospel line up with the Old Testament scriptures? You know, most uh, religious people don't even deal with the Old Testament other than character studies. Dare to be a Daniel. Have the faith of Abraham. Have the courage of the uh, Meshach, whatever their names are. Um, uh, character studies. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, when he defined the gospel, he said, it's how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now, the New Testament had not yet been written. He's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. Here's one example. And there's so, I could get thousands, you know, throughout the Old Testament scriptures. But here's one example with regard to the Passover. God said to the children of Israel, listen to these words, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Does your gospel line up with that? You know, there's a lot of people that would think, well, when, I, when God would say, when I see your faith, I'll pass over you. Or when I see your good works, I'll pass over you. Or when I see your changed life, I'll pass over you. Or when I see your experience, I'll pass over you. Or when I see your sincerity. No, God said, when I see the blood, that's all he was looking for. When I see the blood, I will. Not I offer to pass over you. I will pass over you. That's one example of so many. Does my gospel line up? And is it consistent with the Old Testament scriptures? Secondly, does my gospel, the gospel that I would call my gospel, does my gospel give God all the glory in salvation. Let me repeat it. Ask yourself, does the gospel I believe, does my gospel give God all the glory in salvation? You know, he said in Isaiah 42, I will not share my glory with another. Now, somebody thinks, well, why is God like that? Well, that's who he is. And it's altogether glorious that he is that way because he's so glorious he shouldn't share his glory with another because of who he is. But you're my gospel, now, does my gospel give God all the glory in salvation? Here's what I thought of. Beginning of salvation, middle of salvation, and end of salvation. Keep those three things in mind. Beginning, middle, and end. In my salvation, does it begin with me doing something? I believed. As an act of my free will, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I think that's weird. When people, my personal Savior, um, he's the Savior whether he's your personal Savior or not. I, I, I don't like that kind of language, but 
does my gospel begin with God responding to something I do? That would mean I would get at least some of the glory in salvation, wouldn't it? If I get any glory in my salvation, it's not God's salvation. Let's talk about the middle of your salvation. If you, through your Bible reading and self-denial and efforts, become progressively more holy and less sinful, I'm more holy now than I used to be because of the time I spend on my knees in prayer, because of my self-denial, because of my efforts. You're getting some glory, aren't you? The reason I'm that way is because I. That's giving man glory in salvation. Let's say you go to the end of your salvation. There in the end, somebody gets a higher reward in heaven. This was a really good Christian. And somebody's down here in the slums. He wasn't much of a Christian. He, 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 he was not as obedient as the other one. Well, well, tell me, does the one with the higher reward get more glory than the one with the lower? He gets some glory then, doesn't he? If my gospel gives any glory to man, it's not the gospel of God. Third, does my gospel... Give the preeminence to Jesus Christ in all things. Now, let me give a, 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 some of the history of this outline. This outline came from Henry Mahan and Scott Richardson coming back from a meeting where they'd been preaching together. And they were asking themselves this question, how can I know if the gospel I preach is the gospel? And they came up with these points. I had one or two of them, but it's mostly them. <laughs> uh, but I love this point. Does my gospel give the preeminence to Jesus Christ in all things? Does my gospel give the preeminence to Jesus Christ in all things? You know, Colossians 1.18 says concerning him, he is the beginning of, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, he has the preeminence concerning who God is. He is all that God is. He's all we'll ever see of God. Will we ever see God the Father? Nope. You'll only see his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Will we ever see God the Spirit? Nope. All we'll see is God the Son. And in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in a body. He's all in the scripture. Listen, the scripture is only about him. It's not about you. It's not a rule book on how to live. It is concerning him. He's all in my salvation. There's one reason God saves me for Christ's sake. I got a letter from a, a dear man last night. And he was saying, can God forgive me? When I've been, I've walked so long in a way that's contrary to here. I'm an old man now. He said, can God forgive me? When I've been so contradictory and contrary to him all my life, can God forgive me? Now, I haven't read him back yet. I just wrote, uh, read it this morning. But here's my answer, and I'm going to write him. God forgives for Christ's sake. 
not because of anything you do or how you live. God forgives for Christ's sake. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The only reason God needs to forgive you is Christ's sake. He has the preeminence in salvation, doesn't he? He has the preeminence in all things. He is all. And if that's not believed and preached, it's not the gospel of God. Fourth, does my gospel violate any of the attributes of God? Now, God is who he says he is in his word. He's got attributes. He's holy. He's absolutely just. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's immutable. He can't change. He's eternal. He never began to be. That blows my mind. He never began to be. He'll never end. He's God. Now, if the gospel I believe violates any of those attributes, it's not really God's gospel. It's man's gospel. Let me give you one illustration of this. In most churches, religious institutions would be a better thing to call them. The message is Jesus Christ died for every individual and made salvation available for every individual. God wants to save every individual. He can't unless you let him. You have to accept him and then you'll be saved. He offers you forgiveness. If you take it, you'll be forgiven. Now, that violates every attribute of God. Now, let me show you this. If Jesus Christ paid for my sins and I wind up in hell anyway, it violates the justice of God. That payment was made. If God intended for me to be saved and I'm not saved, that violates God's absolute sovereignty. His will must be done. He wanted something to happen and it didn't happen. I could go on and on with that kind of thinking, but every attribute of God is violated in that kind of teaching and preaching. Now, it, does my gospel, the gospel I believe, are any of the attributes of God violated? Fifth, does my gospel honor the law? Does my gospel, the gospel I believe, does it honor God's holy law? And when I'm talking about honoring the law, I'm talking about rewarding for perfect obedience and only for perfect obedience. It should be perfect to be accepted and punishing all disobedience. Does my gospel honor God's holy law? Yes, it does. I have perfect obedience the law-keeping of Jesus Christ is my personal righteousness, and all my sins were punished. Just as the soul that sinneth shall surely die, all my sins were punished. Oh, the gospel honors God's holy law. Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Six, does my gospel Meet the sinner 
where he is. Dead in sins. Not where you ought to be. Well, you ought to be this way. Well, I know that. That doesn't make me that way, though. Here's where I am, by nature, dead in sins. That's what the Bible says. And you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Now, dead, if I'm dead, if, what, if, what if Christ only comes to me if I, if I do this or if I do that? I'm, I'm toast. I won't be saved. The only hope I have is if God in Christ comes to me where I am, dead in sins, and gives me life. Life from the dead. Does my gospel come to me where I am and give me life? Seventh, will my gospel save the chief of sinners? Will my gospel save the chief of sinners? Now, what do I mean by the chief of sinners? Well, every one of us, if we know anything about sin, we know we are the chief of sinners. Every one of us, if we know what sin is. If we don't understand what sin is, I compare myself to somebody else. I'm, I might not be as good as this person, but I'm not as bad as that person. Uh, probably I'm, I'm in the upper 10%, you know, if, if, that's, if that's the way you're thinking. You know, you, it, it's, it's a wrong way of thinking. Listen, when I talk about being the chief of sinners, when I prepare this message, I want to glorify God in it. But you know, there's so many bad motives in it. Everything I do has got a bad motive. Everything I do is some form of self-promotion. Everything. I can't escape that. There's sinful motives. There's sinful actions in everything I do. I can't keep that from happening. I can't close my eyes and say I'm going to be holy for 10 seconds and not even have one sinful thought. Close my eyes. How's that work? Don't try it. Don't try it. Um... um I can't sit in judgment in, uh, on anybody because I know something of my own sinfulness. I can't, I can't say, I'm, at least I'm better than that person. No, I'm not. I'm worse. I can't sit in judgment. I, and if God passes me by, just and holy is his name. Listen to this, chief of sinners. Paul said Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief does my gospel provide all that God requires you see if there's anything I have to provide it won't save me does my gospel provide all that God requires God requires perfect righteousness he provides it in the gospel he gives it to you he provides it he requires a new heart he gives it to you. He requires faith and repentance. He gives it to you. Everything that he requires, he provides. Isn't that a glorious gospel? Will my gospel, here's the ninth question, will my gospel keep me saved? Listen to this scripture. Now unto him that's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. 
Yes, my gospel is able to keep me saved. Now, if it's up to me to keep myself, I won't last any time at all. Neither will you. But my gospel keeps me saved. Tenth question. Can I face death and judgment with my gospel? Now, we're all going to die. That's an appointment we're all going to keep. We're all going to die. After death, I'm going to stand before a holy God in judgment. Can I face that with the gospel I believe? If Romans 8, 1 is true, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. If that's true, if this is true where John said in 1 John 4, 17, herein may we have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world right now. Now, if that's true, if when I stand before God in judgment, I am perfectly conformed to the image of Christ. I have no sin because he put it away. I have perfect righteousness because he gave me his. If that's what it is to stand before God in judgment on that great day, I'm good to go. I can stand before God, a holy God in judgment with boldness. Bold shall I stand in that great day, for who ought to my charge shall lay, fully absolved from these I am, from sin's tremendous curse and shame. Christ put my sin away. Now, if I'm looking to my works in any way, I can't stand before God in judgment. If I'm looking at my progress in the Christian life in any way, I can't stand before God in judgment. Oh, but if I'm simply found in him, The 11th question, will my gospel make me perfectly conform to the image of Jesus Christ? Now, I said this in Sunday school this morning. If I went to heaven and remained the way I am, it wouldn't be heaven. You know why? Because I'd bring my sinful nature with me. And I'd mess it up. It wouldn't be heaven. I'll tell you what heaven is. Heaven is being perfectly conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Whom he did foreknow. Them he also did predestinate. That they be conformed to the image of his son. You see, God predestinated that I would be conformed to the image of his son. You know what that means? I am conformed to the image of his son. And when I stand before God in judgment, we'll be like him for we shall see him as he is. And the last question, does my gospel, the gospel that I claim to believe, does my gospel enable me to rest in Christ alone.
Can you rest? That means you're not doing anything. That means you're resting wholly in what he has done. You're resting in this. It is finished. Those are the words of Christ from the cross. It is finished. What he did is enough. There's nothing left for me to do. I rest in what he has done. Is my gospel the gospel? Well, does my gospel line up with the Old Testament scriptures? Does my gospel give God all the glory? Does my gospel give the preeminence to Jesus Christ in all things? Does my gospel violate any of the attributes of God? Does my gospel honor God's holy law? Does my gospel meet the sinner where he is, dead, and give him life? Will my gospel save the chief of sinners? Does my gospel provide all that God requires? Will my gospel keep me saved? Will my gospel enable me to face death and judgment and be accepted? Will my gospel make me perfectly conform to the image of Jesus Christ? Can I rest with my gospel right now? Not looking to anything or anyone but Christ alone. Yes? Then my gospel is the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, we ask in Christ's name, the name that's above every name, the name that we bow before and confess that he is Lord. We ask in his name that you would be pleased to bless your word. Enable us to have your gospel as our gospel. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.